This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider New Year Edition 2023 for the first time. And, uh, you know, hoping that the new year brings better fortune than the end of last year for Michigan basketball. Joining me like he does every single episode of the Michigan Basketball Insider. Great to see my man's face. I'm hoping he tells me something that can just draw some optimism out in me. (laughs) He is a a former first-round pick after starring at the University of Michigan. He is a longtime basketball color commentator, both college and the pros. And he is my guy, Tim McCormick. Tim, how are you? I'm good, Sam. It sounds like you need a hug. I do, man. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Last night, uh, the Iowa game took a lot out of me, Tim. Took a lot out of me, man. And Sam, we've been spoiled for for quite a while. Um, You know, under the Beeline era, the start of the Howard era just a lot of close wins and um last night was tough it hurt it was, it was highly entertaining i thought the michigan played some really good ball for about 30 minutes uh it was really one of the best stretches of the season i liked using reed and cheddar at the power forward that was good um but the problem is at the 11 minute mark the second half will cheddar made a three and you're up 10 and at that point michigan was outscored 38 to I think it was 19, including overtime. And that's just not, it's just not acceptable. Um, in an overtime game, I always feel like you can go back and think of so many plays that have con- could have gone the other way and didn't. Um, just one play, what is that? It's a careless turnover. It's a missed blockout. Um, you're slow on a closeout. You follow a shooter on the three-point line when you're That's up the four. One. That's um, the one. I, I always, um, when I coached AAU, I always said, guys, that the little things make a huge difference. And Michigan played really hard. They played well. They lost a tough road game. But you just you just can't do that. Um, Kobe did not play his best game at all. Peyton Sanford just lit him up. And he's a really good player. He's 6'7". He's a sophomore. He had 24, 25 points in the second half. Um Sam, I, I, I did a game at Houston last year with, with Calvin Sampson. And I was fascinated because one of his players during practice fouled the three-point shooter. And Sampson, he didn't go crazy. He just said, get on the line, guys. And they ran three suicides. And the rest of the team was so mad at this guy for fouling the three-point shooter. But that's just the expectation that – Calvin Sampson has prioritized that we will do a lot of things. Um, we'll do some things wrong too, but one of them will not be following a three-point shooter. Yeah, and man, that's it, tough. It, just, it made me mad. It really did because, yeah. you know, Kobe's a worker. He's a good kid. And the truth is he let his team down. Um, and and I, I'm sure that that's going to be talked about a lot. 
And you could see it on his face. Every time in overtime, Peyton Sanford made a bucket, they went right to the shot of Kobe sitting on the bench. And he'll learn from it. He'll get better from it. Um, I know I'm rambling a little bit, Sam. No, you're, you're not You're not rambling. I, I mean, look, it's tough when they lose. Uh, I feel bad for Kobe. But, you, hey, man, you're right. You're right to point it out. Uh, it, the worst thing you could do in that – I mean, there are a lot of things that could go wrong. But I tell you what, we could, we could all go down to the other end of the floor, and guess what they can't do? They can't tie the game. They can't tie the game. They can't tie the game. Now, I don't have so, confidence in our free throw shooting either, but <laughs> at least that gives you a shot. And another thing that I just got to point out is that during this period of time that we've been spoiled so much, Trey Burke, and Derek Walton, and even to a lesser degree, Smith and Devontae Jones and Eli Brooks, like those guys gave you really good point guard play. And I don't know what Jalen Luan was going to come and become this year, but but point guard is going to be an issue the whole year. And I love Doug. I love his spirit. He made some really big shots. At the end of a game, you need a point guard to give them the ball and just say, go make a play. Because Michigan could not get a shot off at the end of that game. They couldn't run their offense that, you know, Hunter Dickinson was eliminated. Michigan needed a guy. Go, go, go get a bucket. We need a bucket right now. That that's what they needed. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you talked about uh, being up uh, 10 with uh, what was it, about 10 to go, but they're up seven with two minutes to go. Yeah. You're up four with 30 seconds to go. All right. It's the up four with 30 seconds to go. You got to win that game. You squandered a, a great effort, a brilliant effort by, by Jet Howard, who Jet was, I could say he was in his bag. I mean, he had everything. He had everything going. He was He's a pro. He shot a parking lot three. He was a pro last night. Yeah, that that was that was a special performance that was was squandered. Um turnovers killed him. Uh they lost point over points off turnovers, I think like twenty to nine. Offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds, couldn't get a timely stop. And you mentioned Peyton Sanford. Man, you know, timing is everything. Yeah. That guy, to be a shooter, was playing terribly. I mean, he was – he. I say they can't throw it – when they can't – you know, things aren't going, I say they can't throw it in the ocean. That dude couldn't throw it in all the oceans. I mean, he was – could not make a shot. And then he uh, – they just played Rutgers. He goes four for five from three-point range, and it's like the light bulb comes on right before the Michigan game. Right. And then the dude is he's found his groove. He's found his stroke again. Uh, he came up. He came up aces for them uh, in in the second half of that game and, and overtime. And it's you know, you look at it and you're like, man, if they could have just taken what they did the first 40 minutes of the game. I know you you mentioned the last 10 minutes of the second half were weren't ideal, but they shot over 50 percent in both halves. And then they get in overtime, Tim. And they can't buy a bucket. And I'm like, what happened? What happened between regulation and overtime where they can't, where there's a lid on the basket? It was the difference in the game. I, I think that Jet got tired. Uh, I mean, he carried the team early. And you can't expect to shoot excellent from three-point range on the road for a full 40 minutes. So it was a little bit predictable. Now, I will say this. I did not agree with with John Crispin at all or Seth Greenberg or Tom Crean when they were saying, 
The pace is too fast. No, Michigan was Michigan was running really good offense, and they were making a ton of threes. And I thought the pace was fine. There were a couple of slip-ups in transition defense. Michigan was not playing run-and-gun basketball. I, I, I just thought that was good offense. Yeah, man, and I, you know, I, I think context is everything, too. I, I thought pace, playing with some pace, was what gave them some semblance of life versus Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't until they started getting up and down. I remember they had a timeout and they were in Juwan was somehow sprint in transition as if I mean, you know, it seems like a uh, a really small coaching point, but it was huge. And they actually were able to get some offense going because you don't want to face Michigan State set defense, right? No. And so they were able to get some easy buckets that way and for a team that's been as inconsistent offensively as Michigan is, getting some early shot clock or transition opportunities is a huge key. So I'm with you, Tim. I mean, I I think playing with some pace is actually a good thing for this team, even even if it had some some uh some negative uh repercussions like they were talking about. But I agree with you. I didn't think I didn't think there were a lot of negative repercussions to their pace. The hardest thing is to walk it down the court and then bang and have to make cuts just to get open and I think that the Michigan Michigan State game was more taxing and more physically draining by playing at half court than what Michigan Iowa did in in Iowa's arena. I I I, I like their pace. Yeah. So coming out of that Michigan State game, I I said Will Cheddar played five minutes in that game, and I said, man, I'm kind of I kind of want to see more Will Cheddar. Now I understand he has his limitations. He's, He's not, not going to be great on defense right now. Right, that's- exactly, and that's my point. You're going to be giving up something on the defensive end of the floor, I, and I'm curious your your thoughts as a basketball guy, ways which you can you can mask that, uh, if you will, because he gives them an element on the deep on the offensive end of the floor. I mean, now you can play some high level wheel cheddar out there. I'm not as convinced that it's it's as good of a I don't know that I like the two big lineup, uh, you know, that much with Hunter and Terrace. I know we're going to talk about that because I just don't think uh, on defense you can't check. And on offense, Terrace can't play out high, in my opinion, at this point of his career. Whereas Will Cheddar, I feel a little more confident, you know, with him in that kind of scenario. He can shoot it. Uh, you know, if it if it's switched up and he winds up on the block, he can play with his back to the basket. It's just you get a you it both, I think, are defensive liabilities when you are are playing big at the four. I'm curious what you think of that. So so Will Cheddar had seven points in 10 minutes, and he deserved more time. And the reason I say that is I'm getting the sense that for Terrence Williams, being that starting four along Hunter Dickinson is taxing and draining. Um, you know, you spend a lot of time standing in the opposite corner. Um, you don't do a lot of cutting. And and I think that, that, that Hunter takes up so much space in the paint, there's not a lot of room. Uh, I, I think back to Brandon Johns. I, I see the same body language with Terrence Williams. Musa Diabati struggled a lot as well at, at being the power forward with Hunter. It's not a knock on Hunter. It's just, you know, he plays on that block, and the ball is going to him, and the rotations are very predictable. And I like the fact that Will Cheddar seems like he's got 
a little bit more perimeter game, and he's more willing to take that shot. Um, he didn't grab a rebound in 10 minutes, which is a concern, and his defense is not going to be great. Um, it may never be great, but but I, I, I'd like somebody that's willing to take that jump shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So what did you think of, of Terrace and Hunter on the floor together? I am. Um, there's one thing that I really liked about it is that I feel like Hunter is always on the verge of having foul trouble because he's the only rim protection Michigan has. You know, Terrence is 6'7", but he looks like he might be 6'5 or 6'6 at times. Um, he's capable of being a good rebounder, but too many times he doesn't. And and so when when Terrace was on the court with Hunter, I think it took some pressure off of Hunter. He didn't have to do all the rim protection. He didn't have to grab every rebound. And at times, that's the way it kind of looks. If If Hunter doesn't get the rebound, the other team's probably going to. So I liked it from that standpoint. I also like the fact that that Hunter got to roam around on the perimeter a little bit, um, but there, there's only certain teams you can do that against because right. really the power forward position in the Big Ten is more of a hybrid now where right. you've got those you know six five six six athletes that are big and strong and they run around and they can make a three and um, it, it's going to be hard to match up. But there are a couple teams that might work. One of them was probably Michigan State. And and I thought Terrace Reed, he works hard on defense, and I think he's going to get smarter and, and better at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're searching for answers. <laughs> still, I mean, you know, early in Big Ten play and still role definition uh, is obvious that they're trying to see who fits where. Uh, the biggest thing to me out of all the experimentation recently is I think you need to see more Will Cheddar. I mean, I like his – uh, you know, on top oh, of he talks a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I could hear him on TV. That, that's, yeah, and that's I, that's what I was about to get to. You know, on top of the fact that you you see him bring some shooting, you see him bring some, uh, you know, some post presence too. He's comfortable with his back to the basket, but I like his fire. I like his tenacity. I like his, you know, his, how how vocal he is on the floor. I think there's there's something to be in a spark off the bench and I, I feel like he can bring some of that and understanding that hey they're gonna be some you know it's some give and take there you know quickness is gonna be a problem for him and so that gets to a question that I sort of uh you know asked you at the beginning of the discussion here before we move on to looking at Northwestern you got a guy like that that you want to play offensively Tim I mean how do you how do you what are ways in which you can mask the defensive issues that having him on the floor might present? Well, you know, Michigan still plays with their regular smaller lineup a lot, and and there are games they still get lit up from the perimeter. And so it's not Terrace Reed's fault, and it's not Will Cheddar's fault. Um, I, I I think that that in a situation like Michigan's facing now, you know, you just you just keep giving them an opportunity every game and and let them earn more minutes. Um, if you give Will ten, he did really well with that yesterday. I I'd like to see him get twelve or thirteen or fourteen against Northwestern and see if he can start building something. Um, Juwan's a loyal guy and he 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 really likes Terrence Williams a lot, and so you're you're not going to see a lineup change, but you know, slowly creep those minutes up and. Will Cheddar is expect he's exceeded my expectations for this year. Yeah. So what? All what right. Tell me, tell me what you thought about Jet. I mean that 
that's about as good a freshman <laughs> performance as you're going to see. Yeah, man. Um, wow. <laughs> I mean, you, you saw everything from Jet. Uh, you saw range. I mean, he shot from the logo one time. Uh, the play that'll stick out to me, he comes off a ball screen, crosses over to his left, gets to the rim. I, I just, he has really gone into the lab and improved on all the things that we talked about him needing to improve upon heading into Michigan. Now, can he string them together and be consistent with it? Uh, that is going to be uh, the question moving forward. But you said they need a guy, right? He is the, the player on this team. And you want it to be a guy who you can give the ball to and say, go get it. I mean, as much as Hunter is, is your go-to guy, in the game situations or shot clock situations, you need a ball handler who you can give it to and say, go get it. And Jed is that guy. And so last night was the was the biggest and best example that we've seen to date of him having that ability. To your point, Tim, he kind of faded down the stretch. So, you know, it can can I don't know if that's about pacing yourself or giving him a blow early. Maybe that's maybe that's for for the coaching staff to to understand when to give him a breather and kind of give him a little bit of more of a break at times. But nurturing him in, in that role, I think is a big deal. I'm not off of my two and done prediction yet. I was just on Stu Douglas's podcast and he said, look, Sam, I, I don't know if I agree with you. Uh, hey, he said, I'm, I I'm thinking one and done. I talked to enough NBA scouts. If he wants to come out, he's a lottery pick. He's lottery pick this year. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. And, and if his dad wasn't the coach, and his family wasn't worth a hundred mil, you know. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys that that they, they wouldn't be around for a year too. Um, he, wow. He's that. He's that. He's that good. I mean, think about it. He's six seven, six eight, and he he's got natural size at that position, and his shot is very reliable, very repeatable. And I was thinking back, you know, Glenn Rice is the the standard, right? Of 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 wing players at Michigan. I wrote down a couple names here. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Glenn Robinson, Jamal Crawford, Sean Higgins. Where, where do you put Jet on that list? Well, it's hard to look. It's hard to put him ahead of any of those. Well, maybe ahead of Jamal Crawford as a Michigan player, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's hard uh, halfway through his freshman season to rank him. But talent-wise, Look, talent-wise, he can do things that Glenn Rice couldn't do from a ball handling standpoint. Now he's not—I'm not, not going to call him the kind of shooter that Glenn Rice was. So don't—I don't need my Flint family calling me, you know, accusing me of heresy, right? It being sacrilegious. Um, but Glenn Rice wasn't the guy who put the ball on the deck. That was not his game. I mean, he was a lethal shooter. He could come off screen. I mean, he he could shoot from the parking lot too, but you got Glenn his shots, right? This dude, I, I mean, you, you're watching them handle the basketball. I'm not saying that he handles it like Jamal Crawford, but, you know, the, the combination of shooting and ball handling, the closest on that list that you just gave is Jamal. None of the rest of those guys handled, handled the rock. Tim, I mean that that wasn't Sean Higgins' game. That wasn't 
Then Rice's game. T- Tim Hardaway had it a little bit, uh, but not like this. Jamal not- Jamal is a freshman. He played one year. He is one and done. Average 16. Jets at 15. Um, and you know what? He's also he's not the same ball handler or creator, but he's got he's got a, a really quick release like Jordan Poole. So once again, I'm not saying he's so early in his career, and I don't want to blow him up. But man, I enjoyed watching him play. I've been watched every every minute of his his career so far has been fascinating to me. Well, and his I upside, do, yeah, and his, I his do, upside is higher to me than than JP's. How about and that? The, the the one thing that's gonna gonna save us, I think, is that his dad does understand that when you come to the league, you don't want to be bouncing back and forth between the G League. You don't want to be sitting on the end of the bench. Like he he can do a lot of developing. So when he comes into the NBA at whatever time that he's coming in with momentum as a guy that that NBA team can't wait to get him out on the court, get him into the lineup, and that's that's what he wants. You know, he wants to be Keegan Murray. When he comes in with that that top top five momentum, he he's got a spot. Somebody's drafting him to put him in the lineup. Right. So I'm gonna throw one at you because I know you throw things at me uh, every now and then. I'm gonna throw this one at you. Assuming let's say Jet comes back, right? Rest of the team is coming back. The question mark would be Hunter. We just saw Blake Corum say, "I'm coming back for one more one more ride. I, I gotta have a, a chance at a at a national championship." This team this year. And we're going to debate this or talk about this. We don't even know if they're a tournament team. But if they got all of these guys, the whole team back next year and made some key pickups as far as the portal is concerned, and you got a second-year jet, now it's a little bit different. So what do you think about the prospects of Hunter coming back next year, Tim? What would you say about that? I don't. I don't think right now. I don't think Hunter's having fun. You know, I don't see the villain out there getting the crowd angry. I think he's frustrated. Um, I Look, I've never said this before, but last night, Fran McCaffrey was a good defensive coach. You know, he, <laughs> he yeah, I've never said those words before. But, but think That's about funny. the fact that, that Hunter took six shots the whole game. And it was beautiful what they did. Um, they put ball pressure on, and Doug and Kobe are afraid to throw the ball into the low post. They, they they just don't do it. They don't understand angles. I bet they've never played with a seven-footer until now. And and as soon as the ball went in, there was a three-quarter front, and then they, they rotated um, Rebracha back behind Hunter and doubled him. That's not fun to get doubled every time you catch the ball. That That's not fun one bit. And so I don't know how much money the, the come back for one more year group, the collective with, with um, I mean, it's Jared Wanglers, I believe. I, I, don't, I don't know how strong they can come, but my, my, um, my thoughts on Hunter are that he needs to be an all Big Ten player, and he was not last night. And in terms of NBA, he's on nobody's draft board. And so I, I personally think he probably will come back next year. Mm-hmm. Which would be, I mean, and, and if you get Jet back another year, man, now. Who's your now, point guard, though? Who's your point guard, Sam? That's why, look, I'm going to work in the portal. I'm going to work in the portal. You know, the, the portal should be more prime every single year. We see it on the football side of things. 
uh, in this cycle. I mean, the portal was much better this year than it was last year. And I, in terms of the caliber of player in the portal. And so if I'm Michigan, I am planning to go full force. I'm going to get me a point guard in the portal. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But let's, let's talk about Northwestern. I think this is, we were talking about the backcourt. I think this is going to be a real challenge for them, Tim, stay in front of these guys. We, we've talked all year long about Michigan being able to guard the ball. Boo Booey and Chase Adige, they get downhill at will. And so can can Michigan stay in front? Can they not foul? They get to the free throw line at a high clip. These are big fact big, huge factors in this game against Northwestern. Yeah, don't underestimate Northwestern. Uh sub, several teams have already, and they've paid the price. Northwestern is in, I think fourth place in the Big Ten, um, three and two record. So who they beat? They beat Indiana in Bloomington. They beat Illinois at home. They beat Michigan State in East Lansing. They just lost a really tough game to Rutgers. And it's the same guys that that were there last year. Adige and and Bowie are tough. Um, Their guard, Ty Berry, I think it is. Those guys all average, um, you know, Combined, I would guess, probably 40 points per game. And they've got a seven-foot kid from Clarkston. I like to hear that, Matt Nicholson. Um, he's their center, and and he can't hang with Hunter Dickinson at all. But I think you're going to see a lot of people do exactly what Iowa did last night, and that's double him and say somebody else is going to have to make shots. Um, if, if Michigan does not come in ready to go, and I, I think they need to play with urgency and desperation and treat this like it's an NCAA game because at the end of the year, I can promise you this, the NCAA committee is going to look really um, unfavorably on the Central Michigan game, and I think that they will look back on the Northwestern game because Northwestern is playing well right now. They've got a good record. I still think Northwestern at the end of the year is going to be 10th in the Big Ten, and and this this would be looked at as a bad loss. Yeah, so I, I, defensive key in this game, you've got to make those two guys, uh, Bouillon D's, you've got to make them jump shooters. got to make them jump shooters, Tim. I, I I mean, I cannot stress that enough. If if these guys are, you know, are going to the free throw line nine, ten times, that's a problem. So you got to stay in front. Got to make them jump shooters. If, if Michigan can do that, I think they have a, you know, they have a good chance. Because, I look, I'm not, you know, underestimating Northwestern. I I could see Northwestern being favored in this game, frankly. I, I don't know what the odds makers say. That's a good basketball team. Um, we have seen here, uh, you know, they didn't play great defense against, uh, against Indiana. I mean, Indiana, uh, that was more of a track meet than you were accustomed to seeing. Uh, a a Northwestern team play, but I I the the I, the Illinois game they put Illinois in a in a trash can. I mean they mm-hmm. they uglied that game up and made a a good looking offensive team look really really terrible. So that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, but after the game that Michigan just had, after the game that Jet just had, hoping they can pick up where they left off, and uh, especially when you talk about shooting from distance. Uh, with Jet, I think I got to pull up the stats. I was watching the Big Ten Network, and they were talking about Rutgers, uh, you know, shooting from three. You said you 
you don't talk about Iowa and defense. I don't talk about Rutgers and shooting, but I just pulled it up. And they shot 61% from three-point range, Rutgers did, uh, in that game against Northwestern. So, again, between, you know, porous defense and a couple of games here recently for Northwestern, Michigan shooting the ball, Jet specifically shooting the ball really well against Iowa. Hopefully those things can come together in this game and they can stay in front of Bowie and Ardij. That is my key to that game. That's good, uh, Sam. I like it. And and here is the, the most important question. Right now, is Michigan an NIT team or an NCAA team? And I hate to even say that with all the success this program has had, but I, I think the record right now is nine and seven. Um, do, do you see 10 more wins? Do you see 10 more wins on the schedule? And I, and I know this, Northwestern at um, Maryland, I think, and then Minnesota, those need to be three wins. Okay? Mm-hmm. Those, those have got to be wins because th- th- those are um, – th- this is the softest part of your schedule right now. Okay, let me say it again. They've got Northwestern, and then they've got Maryland, and, and, and then being able to play Minnesota. That, that's got to be three in a row there. It's got to be. Oh, I'm right there with you. Uh, they've already beaten Minnesota in Minnesota. You got to protect home floor, uh, home court. That's going to be huge. Uh, that's why uh, this Northwestern game uh, this weekend is so huge. But you got to pick up a marquee victory, and so that's most likely going to come. Uh, that's most likely going to come at home. You're going to have some opportunities. You mentioned the uh, the the next three. They got to win. But you, whether it's Purdue or Ohio State. Tim, you, you got to get a resume victory at some point. And they don't have one. Like, you can, if you want all the, let, let's say they want all these games that you don't get, I'm looking at the schedule now, you don't get Ohio State, you don't get Purdue. Uh, you know, at Wisconsin's all, always tough, right? If you, if you don't get one of these three at home, of Purdue, Ohio State, or Wisconsin, I think this team is – I don't think they're going to be a tournament team. I think you got to get at least one marquee victory, right, on on your home floor against a top 25 team. I know that's not all that that uh, goes into your, you know, your 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 um, they get your tier one. But still, uh, right now, all the squandered opportunities in, in the non-conference are coming back to bite them and putting a lot of pressure on them uh, to be damn near perfect on, on their home floor. I know that's not likely – they're going to have to beat a big-time team or two at home in order to be a tournament team. And right now, hard to predict them as doing that. Yeah, what about Minnesota going and beating Ohio State? And Well, Zeb Key was out of that game, right? Yeah, it's still, it's, it, it's still, it still shows that everybody's capable of beating everybody. And when I, when I think about the earlier I said little things make a big difference, you know, one play here, one play there. Think about the the challenges in this conference um, going on the road. You're going to get opportunities for big wins, but they haven't shown the ability to do that. You know, one possession games against, um, you know, Central Michigan and Virginia and North Carolina. And, I mean, it just can Iowa. All these are, are, are heartbreaking, but we haven't shown the ability – to make free throws, to get key stops, to make clutch jump shots. And and I just don't want such a young team to lose their confidence. Remember, 
crunch time yesterday, you had three freshmen and a sophomore that were like, man, this is loud here. I can't believe these fans, what they're saying and how crazy the environment is. It's it's easy to lose your confidence, and that cannot happen in this next three-game stretch. This is where Juwan is huge. Uh, I was talking about this on my morning show. Uh, Lions were one and six. Remember that? Lions were one and six. And you you saw a coach be able to maintain the belief that his team had. Uh, The buy-in never waned. And that team came back and finished nine and eight. And so, you know, they had a they lost a lot of close games early, a lot of close games early in the season. Like, dang, I can't, can't they get one of them. They can't get any close game. And it turned out that that experience made them better the second half of the year. So we can hope that the same narrative applies to Michigan. And all these close games that they lost, that they're, they're taking some positives away from them that they can apply as they get deeper in the season. I mean, you know, do I know that's going to happen? No, I'm just hoping that it does. I'm hoping a little Honolulu blue and silver magic kind of spreads up the road here, right? But yeah, um, one other thing that I, I would um, I wanted to share about Hunter, he had four turnovers yesterday, and and once again, I I feel his frustration about how much attention he's getting. There was a play, um, two plays in a row actually, right down the stretch where he caught the ball in the paint and he just tried to go up and shoot and the ball was stripped. And I had a coach once tell me when you, when you're in traffic, just make a big, strong circle with your arms and you're either going to get a foul, but more importantly, you can gather yourself off of the bottom of that big circle and power through it. And it's hard when you're kind of jumping off your toes and you're just trying to go up in traffic and flip a shot. I think that would help him so much to make a big, strong circle. And I think another thing that would help him, and I asked Phil about this, you know, I don't think Hunter um, got enough credit for his performance against Michigan State. It wasn't a great game by any stretch, but he was catching a lot of a lot of flack because he had some things to say before the game. You know, when you when you talk, people are going to come at you when you lose. But man, I thought he was seeing the floor so well. Yeah, and he came out of that game with no assists, and that was a travesty because it did not. It was not indicative of the kind of passes he was making out of the post. He was getting doubled, and he was finding guys wide open, wide open on the perimeter routinely, and that they didn't make one shot, not one. So it's what it spoke to was something that Phil said to me earlier in the year. It's like, man, the floor is so compressed. We need guys to to take some of the to 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 you know pull some some of that attention out of the post that's not going to happen until you know they can make them pay when they double and hunter finds the open man until they start making them pay more routine so the the nba game is completely the opposite of college so in the nba everything's played at the three-point line and there are you could drive a truck right down the middle of the lane and nobody would get run over in the nba game but in college you've got 10 guys that are all right there congested and and the big guys have no room to operate i i feel for hunter he's he's a really good player and and he's one of the best centers that michigan's ever had but the defenses they predicate that somebody's got to make a jump shot and michigan was good yesterday because guys did but another teaching point man i would i would tell doug 
shoot the three whenever you want, but get your toes on the line. Don't settle for a shot two feet off the line. It, it makes a huge difference. All the Michigan shooters should seek that line. Great stuff, Tim. I hope when we come back next week, we're going to be talking about a you know a successful uh, run here into some very – so these next few games, to your point, uh, they, they're must-wins, and then you get into that phase where you got to steal – some against some of these uh some of these ranked teams there are only three in the big i think there are only three ranked teams in the big 10 uh you got to knock one of them off at, at some point hopefully they can get some momentum here over the next few games uh and, and it'll you know lend itself toward them doing that folks right. as i always say if you like this podcast be sure to rate it be sure to review it be sure to tell all your friends about it uh, if you watch us on YouTube, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to subscribe. That way you'll get a notification every time we do a new episode. And, of course, if you want to keep track of all things maize and blue, including what's going on with Jim Harbaugh, there's one place to be. That's the MichiganInsider.com. One dollar gets you in your first month. With that, folks, we got to get out of here. We'll see you next time on the next edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.